Hi, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another value-packed Tenant Cloud podcast. If you want to be a more informed, better educated, and successful landlord, then stay tuned. With over a decade of property management experience, we bring you short and sweet, bite-sized pieces of incredibly valuable property management tidbits in 10 minutes or less. Today, we will be covering the pros and cons to allowing pets in your rental, and we'll also touch on emotional support animals and service dogs, which are not considered pets under the law. We will also talk about how if you are not capitalizing on the pet ownership movement, then you may be losing out on a significant amount of rental income. You don't want to miss out on this helpful information that will help you with damage control from pets, rent your units out quicker, and potentially earn more money in the process. Let's get started. Hey there, my name is Chris and I am with Tenant Cloud. And today we're going to be covering what it means to uh, allow pets in your rental or to not allow pets in your rental. And there are quite a few landlords that don't like pets in their rentals for one reason or another. Sometimes it could simply be because they've heard bad things about uh, landlords who have allowed pets in their rentals in the past, or maybe they've just been given misinformation. And so what we're going to try to do here is to kind of break down a little bit about uh, what it means to have a pet in your rental in terms of the pros versus the cons. And then we'll touch on the emotional support animal side and the service animal side. Um, so jumping right in, there's you'll find online, you'll find plenty of stories about pets destroying apartments, tearing up the carpets, attacking neighbors, um, and that type of thing. And basically the bottom line is, yes, pets are animals and they can potentially cause damages. But the thing is, is that more than 60% of renters right now have a pet and are looking for a pet-friendly landlord. It is a huge market. And most tenants have said in many surveys that they would pay extra money just to live together with their four-legged friends. And so having a strict no-pet policy that bans animals in the rental may not actually be worth it. And there was another survey that was done where they wanted to know, it was Firepaw Inc.'s nationwide research study, and they did a study with landlords who had allowed pets in their rental, and over 50% of the landlords who were surveyed who allowed pets in their rental stated that they'd never had uh, pet damages in their rental, or at least not significant damages in their rental where they took a loss of any type. And so that's important to note that that's a significant number. 50% of all landlords who already allow pets in their rental stated that they've never had damages or significant damages from pets in their rental. That's a big deal. And so just wanted to put that up there right out front, that regardless of what you've heard, what you've read, it's not as common as you may think. Uh, even when I was managing a 720-unit property and we allowed pets, we did not have a significant amount of damage from those pets. And one of the ways that we mitigated that was we put in uh, these hardwood or you can put in vinyl, engineered vinyl wood flooring, and it's scratch resistant and instead of carpet. And that's one of the biggest areas that I've seen with a lot of people is that 
The damages they have are that they are constantly having to either clean or replace carpeting and padding and so on and so forth. And with those scratch-resistant hardwood floors that we had in, there was hardly ever any damages. And if there was, it was usually to a plank or two, and you could just pop out the plank and put a new plank in. Aside from that, really the only damages we had on a regular basis would be as if it was an unruly dog that uh, would chew up the blinds or something like that. And that's a $50 or $60 expense. You charge it to the, to the tenant, take it out of their deposit, whatever. We, don't, we never lost money from pets, ever. It, we, it just never happened. And so, in fact, we always made more money off of pets in our rentals because we would charge a premium. We would usually even charge pet rent. And sometimes that for the different sizes of pets, it could be anywhere from $20 all the way up to $50 extra month. Plus, we sometimes even had at some of my properties, we've had pet fees. And the pet fees alone, non-refundable pet fees alone could be as high as two, three, four hundred dollars per pet. That's just extra rent on top of rent. And so um, just wanted to get that out of the way that the chances of you losing money on your rental as a result of allowing pets is very slim to none based on surveys, based on my previous experience. And uh, so just keep that in the back of your mind as we go through this. So what are some of the pros of renting to pet owners? Well, number one is the current generation, which is now the largest rental generation block in the United States, is the Gen Y, the millennials. They are the largest renter block now today. They are bigger than Gen X, and they are bigger than every other generation that is currently alive today. And so they also happen to be the largest block of uh, people or the largest generational block of pet owners. So that means more Gen Y tenants own pets than any other generation alive today. So that's twofold. That's two things. One, they're your largest generate. They're your largest renter block, and two, they're the largest block of renters who also happen to own the most pets. That's double whammy for your rental. So, uh, if you're not sure if this allowing pets in your rental would attract more tenants to your rental, all you have to do is look at the statistics for who is the who makes up my renter base in the United States today. That's your answer, Gen Y, and over sixty percent of them are pet owners. Two, pros of renting to a pet owners. You can charge higher rent, whether that's in the form of just increased rent because you are a pet-friendly property or whether you actually just charge a pet rent fee, which that is more common, is you don't want to list your rental for a higher price just because you allow pets because you might not get somebody interested in your property who owns a pet. So... The idea is to allow pets and then to charge a premium if somebody does bring a pet into the rental property. Most people are okay with that. Most people are prepared to pay that extra fee as of right now, the way the current market sits for rentals with pets. And so you can take advantage of that. Number three, providing security is a pro of renting to pet owners. A lot of people just feel safer when they have a dog or just any type of animal that can bark at somebody or alert them if somebody is around or just scare somebody away who would otherwise break into their rental in the event that they didn't hear anything and they thought everybody and all the pets were gone. And so it is that added layer, that added benefit to a potential tenant 
that the reason they might have a dog is just because they feel safer with the dog. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. And the other pros of renting to pet owners is that you generally have longer tenancy. Tenants who own pets and are staying in a pet-friendly rental are likely to stay much longer in your rental. In fact, the numbers are astonishing and you can find them online in our blog, which is titled Your Tenants Are Hiding This, Your Tenant Is Hiding This From You and It Is Costing You Thousands. It was published on August 19th. It's the Tenant Cloud blog. You can find it at tenantcloud.com forward slash blog and you can look at all the statistics on this. It's amazing. Your tenancy length increases when it is a tenant who owns a pet. It's awesome. So then that opens the question to, okay, well, there's all these pros that you're talking about. You're saying that it's a good idea potentially to allow pets in my rental. So what are the cons to it? Okay, so here's the cons. Pets are animals. They are going to cause damage. That much is obvious. So they can charge excessive wear and they can char- they can cost uh, excessive tear. So that's what we were talking about in the first part of this podcast. And that's what we talk about in our blogs is you want to make sure that you are charging a premium for allowing these pets and as well as making sure that you have an adequate deposit or pet fee that was charged upon move-in and or when the tenant gets the pet. So uh, you just have to make sure that you understand that it is an animal. There is a potential that it's going to cause damage. I just need to make sure that I'm able to cover that financially. Uh, The second thing is regular rental inspections. Uh, You want to keep an eye on the condition of your rental. So especially if you are allowing pets in your property, you do want to make sure that excessive damage is not taking place. And so you want to schedule, which you should be doing anyway with the rental. You really should be scheduling regular inspections anyway. But if you are allowing pets, then that's just an added reason as to why you should be doing regular rental inspections. The third con to uh, allowing pet owners in your rental is potentially having neighbors call in a disturbance. Uh, Sometimes pets, if it's constantly barking, if they leave it outside and so on and so forth, can cause issues. And so you want to make sure that your lease is very clearly outlined as far as your pet policy and whether the renter is allowed to keep the pets outside for an extended period of time or if somebody has to be present when the pet is outside, uh, if you allow a doghouse outside, a chain outside, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of things that you want to make sure are covered in your lease But again, it's all about knowing and understanding that, okay, a pet owner is probably going to need to take their pet outside or allow their pet outside to run around. And so what are my policies that are going to kind of frame what is acceptable and what is not acceptable? And so as long as you do adequate planning and you put stuff in writing, then you will, you should be fine. So the last thing for the cons of renting to pet owners is they're going to be hiding pets from you anyway. And so this isn't really a con, but it's kind of a, it's kind of like one of those things like they're hiding the pets from you already. So you might as well allow them Uh, because they've done a survey, that same survey I was talking about. The other part of that survey was they found that 20% of all tenants surveyed were keeping a pet in a rental that didn't allow pets anyway. So what does that mean? That means that if you are renting to 100 tenants at 100 rental properties, 20 of them have a pet in your rental already that you don't know about. So you're already 
potentially losing out on additional rental income when it's sitting inside your rental property. And so making sure that you've covered those bases is extremely important to make sure that you are taking advantage of that rental income. So again, it's just something to keep in mind. If you're not allowing, if you have a no pet policy, chances are 20% of your tenants already have pets. So you can go through the hassle of kicking them all out or fining them and making them get rid of the pets and all that stuff, or you can just allow them and charge a premium. That's your choice. So the next, the last two things we want to cover real quick, running out of time here, is emotional support animals and service dogs. You will want to make sure that you are up to speed on all of the laws regarding emotional support animals and service dogs, because service dogs especially are not considered pets under the law. They are service animals. They are highly trained. They are usually a uh, trained professionally to provide a specific service to an individual who generally has some type of a disability. And so there are very specific laws that surround these two things. You'll want to check with both your local, state, and federal laws because it's becoming more common for even local jurisdictions to establish local laws and uh, whatnot about these two types of animals for renters. And so it is extremely important that you make sure that you are following the law to AT because anything that deals with a disability type of law can land you in some seriously hot water if you are not following um, the laws to AT. So uh, just want to encourage you to research that. It's not applicable in some scenarios. It is applicable in others. It depends on if you're a single landlord and you have a duplex and you live in one part and the tenant is renting out the other half, or if you're not living in it at all, then other laws apply to you and so on and so forth. So definitely very important that you research this topic thoroughly. We don't want to touch on it too deep here just because we don't want to give you advice as if we're lawyers when we're not and we don't know what state you're in, what county you're in, city you're in, and so on and so forth. So uh, do encourage you to look into that. As always, we thank you for spending time with us here on the Tenant Cloud Podcast. Be sure to follow us wherever you are hearing this, whether it's on Stitcher or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Also, you can access our podcasts on YouTube through Tenant Cloud's YouTube channel. You can also access it on the individual blogs that these podcasts are covering. We generally cover similar topics that are discussed in a lot of our blog posts. You can find those on tenantcloud.com forward slash blog. Be sure to share this with a friend who you think could benefit from it, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time.